0: And welcome along to episode 74 of the All Things Leads podcast. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me remotely is as always my co-host Charles Foster. Charles, hello.
1: Hi, Matt. How you
0: doing? I'm uh, very well. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I just had my dinner, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm what do you have for dinner? Uh, thai noodle soup. Ooh,
0: lovely, lovely. lovely. I, I, don't, I don't really have much Thai food, but sounds quite nice. I, I probably would have enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, we've got loads coming up uh, in the show uh, today. We will, of course, have a look back on that thrilling uh, Liverpool game from Saturday. We've got loads of news and transfer news to go over uh, as well before we look ahead to Leeds United's next two games. The first uh, is at home to League One side Hull City on Wednesday night in round two of the Carabao Cup. Uh, and then after that is the Premier League. Uh, our attention to the Premier League. It's a game against Fulham at home. At on Saturday. We've got loads coming up here on the All Things Leeds podcast. So let's start by looking back on uh, Leeds United's 4 3 defeat to Liverpool away at Anfield from last Saturday. Now, before the game, Charles, uh, a loss probably wouldn't have bothered me as much uh because you know it was away at Liverpool, I'd be thinking, of course we're gonna lose away at Liverpool. Um, you know, you'd expect us to lose that game. But, you know, that defeat <laughs> ended up actually being, you know, a really tough one to take, really, because League United were were just so, so good. They did us all proud, did all the players. And, you know, we deserved a point from that game really, didn't we, Charles?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought we performed very well, unlike how we were in the last couple of seasons we were very clinical with our chances and three shots on the target, we scored all three of them. So, those, yeah. are, the, uh, those, those are the numbers you look for. Yeah, we, obviously, we had more possession than before. I think we had 51 or 52 percent. Uh, we had more passes, we had 460 passes, and then they had like 420 odd or something like that. So, yeah, we were it was a really entertaining game and a really, really good way to start the season because you know, the, the worst thing to do would be. We just turn up and just get battered straight away. And then everyone thinks, oh, well, you're definitely going down. It's just like, well, no, we actually gave them a really good game. It was set of pieces were us down, like they always do in the end. But yeah, I would agree with you. I think we did probably deserve a point. Although Liverpool were very impressive and they did create a lot of chances against us.
0: Yeah, Liverpool were very impressive, as were Leeds. And I think it was just two poor defences, really, uh, to be honest. Um, I've got all the stats here for the game. So Leeds had 51.6% possession, completing yeah. more passes than Liverpool with 460 compared to Liverpool's 423. And as you said, uh, we had three shots and scored three goals, which was just absolutely incredible because, you know, last season we were so poor at converting chances. But to put all of our chances away in this game, uh, it, you know, it was incredible. And, you know, to go away to the defending Premier League champions and, and perform like that and, you know, push Liverpool all the way, it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. And, not, and all credit to the players. They, they did us really, really proud, didn't they?
1: Yeah, it was, it, was, it was very encouraging signs for for the uh, the future. And we've got a couple a couple more slightly more winnable games coming, up as we'll discuss. So it'd be great if we could take that kind of attitude and that kind of conversion rate, especially into these next couple of games.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the uh, neutrals enjoyed uh, the game uh, on Saturday. I'm I'm pleased that uh, you know I, I think everyone now realizes how good Leeds United actually are, and that we have actually a very good team. And there was a lot of questions going into it, wasn't there? You know, will Leeds United perform? How they were in the championship, will they be as open as they they are? Because, you know, if they are really open, then they'll probably get cut to pieces. But, you know, we went there, stuck to the usual game plan, which we all said we were. People were questioning it, but Leeds fans know Bielsa's stubborn. He's not going to change his way. So we went there, did plan A, and yeah, it it almost worked. It almost worked. We almost beat him. Uh, It was an incredible opening day fixture an absolute classic uh, so yeah, let's delve uh, right into the uh, play-by-play. So uh Leeds were dealt with a uh, blow heading into the game as a defender and club captain Liam Cooper uh, was ruled out with an injury. He uh, failed a late fitness test uh, the day before the game. As so hopefully uh, Liam Cooper recovers well and quickly, um and so that meant Luke Halen was given the captain's armband, which uh, I was really pleased for him. And Luke Halen ended up having a. Uh, Having I mean, a really, really good game. Did Luke Kalen. did a fantastic job of Mane at one point in the game as well. Uh, he Meg Mane, didn't he? he? He went to keep the ball in, just kept in, and then nutmegged Mane to to Mane to, uh, to uh, play on. I thought Luke Kalen was uh, absolutely fantastic in this game. What about you, Charles? Um,
1: yeah, it, it was really good. He was. He made a lot of blocks. He uh, Mane was. Probably the least, I say, least effective for me. And I didn't really do much either. Yeah, Manley was, was, was pretty ineffective for the majority of the game. And Luke Eadon kind of kind of kept in quiet. Of course, uh, Stuart Dallas had a bit more torrid of time against Mohamed Salah on the other flank. So he was absolutely on fire that, in that um, game with Salah. Um, yeah, but look at Luke Eadon perform really well. I thought. Yeah, Carlton Phillips had a really good game. Most players had good games, to be fair. It was just yeah. the corners are starting to wind me up now, I'm being honest. <laughs> the, van, yeah. the Van Dijk goal was just... A, I know it's version van Dijk, but you can't leave people unmounted at a corner.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it, in, it was a, it they, was a poor defence really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I know Liverpool had that corner routine where, which is technically cheating, where they did it the first half and the second half. The first half, when they scored from it, they had van Dijk basically hang around the edge of the box and then... As whoever's marking Van Dyke, uh, they would get Mane or Wijnaldum or, or Jordan Henderson, whoever was hanging about Curtis Jones in the second half, to deliberately impede them, the, the player chasing him by running across them. And um, so he gets a free-headed goal. They, they tried in the second half, of course, Curtis Jones just threw cock to the floor second in the second half. So that's what they got the disallowed goal for. And the, the penalties were unfortunate as well. I thought the one early on in the third or fourth minute, comes off his thigh, comes yeah. his thigh and hits him in the hand. I mean, he shouldn't have his hand up there anywhere. There's no reason for that. And I think it, if he hadn't had his hand there, I think would i don't know Mesley would have got over that side of the goal. So that might have yeah. gone in anyway. So not going to blame him too much for that one. Yeah.
0: Um, but and, I mean, he had, he had yeah, a poor obviously. debut, though, didn't he? he? Did a did good old rocking Robin. He had a, a you know a pretty disappointing debut, to be honest, didn't he? I felt as though he grew into the game, though, but especially at the start, I thought it was yeah just a, a little bit shaky. But I mean. You know, the, the the whole you know the the two centre backs. You know, Pascal Stewart and and uh, Rock Robin only met never three days ago. Never played yeah. together. Pascal Stewart has never started in the first eleven for Leeds United at centre back. You remember last season? He, I think he started against Charlton at uh, central defensive midfield. So you need to remember that yeah. these guys have only met each other a few days before the game and have never played as you know as a centre back pairing together. So you know, I think a lot of people seem to forget that. You know, yeah, you need you need to remember that. But yeah, Rockin' Robin, I thought he had a. You know, a pretty disappointing debut. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't rate his um, performance, especially in the first half. I thought the second half to go into it, but we we did it a couple of times. The, another big mistake we made were every time, it happened twice of a set piece there. It led to their, to Salah's, you know, second goal, the wonder goal right in the top corner. And it led to the, the second penalty in the last minute. They'd whip free kick in, We'd make a, a poor defensive header, which would basically land on the edge of the box with, with Liverpool players completely unmarked. Straight did it for Salah's goal as well. You just head it to the edge of the box. Don't do that. Just head it behind. I know we're, yeah. we're terrible off corners as well, but there's always a chance that the corner will go over or mezzi will get to it or Leeds head will get to it. So, yeah, the, the set pieces are a problem. They are a serious problem, corners and free kicks especially. Uh, I thought from, from open play, they had they had a few chances. I think, you know, Firmino's had that big one where, thankfully, Luke Hayland's legs got in the way to stop him from actually scoring. But by and large, Liverpool didn't, Threatened us that much from open play yeah. because we were, we were every time every time they got shots on we were getting the blocks in we were we were making tackles we were jockeying well so I thought you know, from open play we were we were all right and I, there was that period in the second half probably from, just before we scored probably about the fiftieth minutes about the. Well, the 50th to the 70th minute, where I thought we were, we were comfortable, we we, we were okay, and I, I, I didn't fear for us. And then obviously we we got our we got our second goal on the 66th minute or whatever it was. But after we equalised, and um once it got to kind of the 80th minute mark, Liverpool were piling on the pressure, and they were very much on top again in the 80th minute. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've gone through all the defensive goals, so we've got through all the negative stuff. So we can talk about the positive stuff now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I thought Leeds United were. Uh, were incredible. Um, and yes, I, I guess it's positive that, you know, we were good defensively in open place. Just set pieces again, you know, we need to improve at set pieces. And I hated people who were saying, oh, would Ben White have done better? I mean, you know, one, you're never going to know that. And, you know, who knows Ben White probably would have struggled, you know, away at Liverpool. And so, yeah, I don't think it's fair to do, to draw that comparison, really. I remember starting 11, though, we saw Patrick Bamford start ahead of Rodrigo. Were you surprised to see Bamford start?
1: Not even slightly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: he also loves starting Bamford yeah he just does he's it's his go-to. I actually think Patrick Bamford is the first name on the team sheet. <laughs> <laughs> probably, He's absolutely the first person to go. But you know, he scored, so that is his job. Yeah. He did score.
0: Yeah, exactly. He had yeah. that
1: chance just he had that chance before he scored though, where he went in. He was kind of in a similar situation, and he tried to round Allison, which kind of came to nothing in the end. Where he should probably have shot, but he kind of made up for it by uh, taking advantage of that horrendous Virgil Van Dijk mistake.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said it in the last episode. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bamford start, and I wasn't. I did want. Rodrigo to start because I think Rodrigo £27 million player just sat on the bench you know Champions League experience he's just sat there I I felt as though he probably should have started but you know Bamford did start and uh, yeah as you say he scored a goal so I can't really complain there Uh, but yeah four minutes in Liverpool uh, went 1-0 ahead Uh, they were awarded a penalty Uh, Handball uh, was given against uh, Robin Um, and this caused quite a lot of debate really afterwards Uh, was it a penalty in your opinion?
1: No because the uh, by the light of the law, you're supposed to get more leeway when it comes to deflections, and it blatantly comes off his leg uh, and hits him in the hand. So, um, I mean, I, I'm biased, obviously, as a Leeds fan, but I, I don't think I, I want to give
0: in it. Yeah. I, um, I've got the rule here. So, uh, the rule on deflections uh, with penalties. So, the Premier League players will be allowed extra leeway when it comes to ricocheted handballs. It is often impossible to avoid contact with the ball if it has deflected off the body part of an opponent teammate or even another part of the uh, own player. So a handball will not be awarded if the ball touches a player's hand and directly uh, from their own head, body, foot, or the uh, head, body, foot of another player who is uh, close or nearby. So basically, so the ball came off you know Robin's knee and then hit his arm. So technically, looking at that rule, it shouldn't have been given. But in my opinion, I think it was a penalty. You know, I, I think Mo Salah, if his uh, shot is, you know, just a few inches higher and it hits his arm straight away, and then there's there's a completely different argument there. There's no argument uh, against that being a penalty. I think Robin's arm is just so far out. You know, it's ridiculous how far out it is. It, it shouldn't be out that far, really, in my opinion. So yeah, in my opinion, it's a penalty. His arm shouldn't be there in the first place. Yes, it came off his knee, but I think that's just a flaw in the, in the rule book, really. Uh, just a flaw in the rule book. I think. I think for me. His arm is in an unnatural position for me, so I think it, it was a penalty.
1: I'm going to agree to disagree with you there. We'll, we'll move on to the uh, the equaliser, <laughs> which is a lot more a lot more entertaining to talk yeah. about. It's it's our front line pressing their back line to the point where their midfield has dropped slightly deeper, which gives Calvin Phillips a space, uh, where Meslier obviously picks him out with the pass and he turns around and... Um, I think we saw this last season. I think it might have been Blackburn at home last season. Where do you remember that goal where the one Jack Harrison scored, but it came off the post, off the yeah. inside of the far post. You know, it, it, it kind of hit it low and hard to the far post. It came in off the post. You know, the yeah. one that Bamford touches down. It's quite similar to that because it's, um, it's it's a, a long ball from well, long ball is kind of reductive to describe this absolute piece of brilliance from Gunther Phillips. But <laughs> it's it's a it's a long ball to the um, to find Jack Harrison on the wing who takes a. brilliant touch Uh, touches it round Trent (laughs) Alexander-Arnold England's right back uh, touches it round uh, Joe Gomez as well, and uh, works his way inside, and it's obviously on his weak foot to the near post and beat and beats Allison. And it's a fa- fantastic, fantastic goal. It's probably even up to, even right now I can't tell you out, out of the first and the third goal which one's my favourite because the things I love about the third goal as well. it's yeah. such a Leeds United goal. The third goal. This one was exactly was like a blueprint of a, of what we used to do to teams last season when we when we got it right. We used to get we used to, we used to score these all the time. So um, it's beautiful play from Jack Harrison. A great assist from Calvin Phillips. As well, who he, is finding the pockets of space early in the first half that we uh, that we needed to find uh, to you know start our attacks? Because he is—I hate to use this term because I think it's you know it doesn't really apply and it's a bit ridiculous—but he is the quarterback of the uh, of the United team. He he picks the passes, he sees the players, he sees the runs yeah. in front of him, and he's constantly trying to find Jack Harrison on that far side because he knows when he hits that long ball that. Uh, Harrison's got the ability to bring it down perfectly and set off on a run and you know create a chance. So yeah, it, it was it was it was a spectacular and it was great to respond that quickly as well because it was only like seven or eight minutes after the Liverpool penalty. So you'd think uh, we started off quite shaky the first five minutes or so, but then we got into the rhythm of it and scored a fantastic goal to get ourselves back on level terms. So yeah. yeah, it was it was a great goal.
0: Yeah, absolutely unbelievable goal and it it was no surprise as well really because you know I, I, as you say you know we, we were really picked back in the first five to ten minutes or so Liverpool. Really did have us, you know, uh, you know, it was really, really shaky. You know, when Liverpool went up after four minutes, you're thinking, all right, here we go. We're, g- we're going to get slapped here now. Uh, this is just the start of many to come. And at that point as well, I wasn't really that bothered. I was just thinking, yeah, of course, of course, we would not on this early. It's the way at Liverpool, you know, you're just thinking, all right, we're going to get slapped here. But yeah, after about five or 10 minutes, we slowly started getting into the game. Uh, I think Helder Costa scored at one point, didn't he? But that was ruled out for side correctly as well. Uh, but yeah, you know, this goal here. So Liverpool, they, they were playing a really high line, weren't they, uh, during the game, which is something they've brought into the game, playing a really high line. And Leeds United got um, round the back of them quite a lot in this game. But I know this was a fantastic goal. Fantastic ball from Calvin Phillips. And then Jack Harrison, fantastic first touch. He, he's got the best first touch I've ever seen, you know, taking it round three Liverpool defenders and finishing off with his weak right foot. Just a fantastic goal to open the... He uh, had Scottish United's first Premier League goal in 16 years. It was a fantastic way to uh, uh, see Kawhi's there. Uh, on 20 minutes, Liverpool made it 2-1. Van Dyke with a free header in the box. We touched upon this earlier. Uh, poor defending here and poor goalkeeping, really, as well. I feel as though Messi yeah, probably should have done better here.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was kind of too far back. He should, he should have been further forward and he maybe could have got something on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was just horrendous marking. And I know... Robertson and Alexander Arnold are arguably the best set piece takers in the Premier League, but it's still it's poor marking to not mark arguably the most yeah. dangerous set of arms from from corners because you need to be stuck to Van Dijk like glue at corners. You need to be in his so far in his personal space. You can you can tell what aftershave he's wearing. If if you're not that <laughs> if you're not that close to him, he's gonna score. Yeah. that's what he does. He, he scored. I think he's. I can't remember the style I think he scored two more goals than every other center half in the league since 2018. So he is a very much a danger from set pieces, and we didn't. We didn't do enough yeah. to put him off or to to, to prevent him from scoring. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this this was a proper goal. It was it was a goal that annoyed me somewhat. So uh, uh,
0: yeah, I, I thought it was a criminal defending, really. You know, to to keep Van Dyke unmarked. I mean, I think Robin Rock, rocking Robin does get blocked off, so we can't really you know track Van Dyke all the way there, but. um you know, someone probably should have covered for him. Should have seen it and and gone on to Van Dyke, seeing as though you know Robin did did lose him. But uh, yeah, thought it was criminal defending really. And uh, yeah, Liverpool uh, two one ahead after twenty minutes. Uh, but Leeds equalize again on thirty minutes here. Uh, Dallas playing a long ball over the top, uh, looking for Bamford. Uh, Van Dyke makes a mistake, and the ball ends up with Bamford, and uh, he finishes really really well. Very uh, very esque Really, it was a really nice finish from Bamford.
1: Yeah, it was kind of. It reminded me of, of the Beckford goal where the ball is put into a position where it's too far out from the goalkeeper for, it, for him to kind of get to it and there's too much pressure on the centre-half to get hold of it correctly. Realistically, Van Dyke should put his foot through that and give away a corner or yeah. you know, hopefully for him a, th- a throw-in, but he, he he decides that he would rather you know try and take control of it and, um, and bring it down and spin away, which uh, I think they got described by the commentary team as too arrogant by Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> And I think it was a little bit arrogant by him. Yeah, he, he can't because he did give more than a sniff of a chance. He he literally touched it in right into Bamford's path. And I know it's on Bamford's weak foot, which he almost never shoots on. In the interview after the game, Bamford was saying he was annoyed they didn't shoot. You know, with the first opportunity, the, the the one he had before this. So he decided he was going to shoot regardless. So um, and he has a pot of shot on it. Obviously, it chips off at Allison's leg and uh just rolls into the far corner, and then it's absolutely game on then because they've got to um they've got to come at us again and we can and they'll we can exploit the space they'll leave be
0: behind. Yeah, yeah, this was so incredible. Just to see Bamford score away at Anfield is just <laughs> just absolutely incredible. But uh yeah, three minutes later, it was 3-2-2 Liverpool Mo Salah with a with a strike, and th- there's no stopping this goal for Mo Salah, really. You know, no stopping this goal. But you the only place that the ball could have gone in the net because every other part of the goal was covered. If you only placed two put the ball in, in the net, Mo Salah found it right in that top right-hand corner. There was no stopping this. Fantastic strike, really, from Mo Salah.
1: It is a very, very, very good strike and it's it's absolutely unsavable. Although I think Meslier doesn't get too far away from it, to be honest. Look, looking at, no, he doesn't, I don't know no. if you've seen the... If he's a little bit quicker, I think I think he might get a fingertip to it. But the we did this, as I mentioned earlier, we did this a couple of times in set pieces that they would whip a ball in. And we would, every league defender would rush to try and beat Van Nike in the air. And most of the time, when, when you're that many people, you do beat him. We did beat him in the air. But we used to, we headed it straight to the edge of the box. And then you've got Mane and Salah and Firmino all waiting there to pick up the scraps. And it's a great touch from Salah. And then he just, you know, slams it in. And it's, it's unsavable, really. And a, re- a really, really good finish. But, you know, we, we have to, you know, when when you're doing that, I know it's streak, and I know he hasn't played much, and I, I, and I know it's Liverpool away. And I'm taking all these things into account, and I'm going to say <laughs> some really positive things when we go on to talk about the rest of the play. When, when that ball's whipped in, he gets. No one else gets near it. He gets straight to it. Just head it behind. Just chip it off the top of your head. Head it behind the corner. I know. I know we were poor at set pieces, but if you if you if you're given that kind of opportunity to sell on the edge of the box in the form that he's capable of, in the form he, he's clearly in, he's going to score. So yeah. and there's corners there's a bit more chance he might they might not. So yeah, that was it was a bit of a defensive error. Yeah, and they were back in front.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you got a point there with, with that goal, but I just think you know, I think strewick did the best to could with that header. I just think it's just a world-class goal from for most really. Just a just a world class goal. A word on uh, Elon Mezier though. Um even though Mezier conceded four goals and he probably should have done better with that Van Dyke goal, I thought Mezier was really, really good in this game. Uh for what a nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old uh, you know, first game in the Premier League, you've got Firmino, Mane and Salah chasing you. And he's on the ball and he's just so comfortable pinging it out, you know, to, to whoever he wants. Um, I thought he made some really good stops. There at one point in the first half where Struick almost scored the best own goal I've ever seen. <laughs> and Messi, uh, uh, ended up getting back well to, to save it. I thought Messier was was really really good in this game, really really good, especially for you know as I said a twenty year old. I, I thought it was really really good.
1: Yeah, he had a good game. Penalties are a lottery, really. You can't judge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a, goal, a goalkeeper on on penalties because any competent player, competent forward player, scores penalties. So apart from Bamford away at QPR last season. So <laughs> yeah, so you can't you, you can't judge keepers on penalties. And Salah's second one is pretty much unsavable. So um, yeah, I, I, he could have done better than Diogo, but he did have a good performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, but be back onto the game, so it was 3-2 at half halftime. Uh, leads were great in the second half, really. Really, really were good. Uh, as you said earlier, probably from 50 to around 70 or 80 minutes, Leads we really were in control of the game. I'd say we were really, really comfortable on the ball, you know, passing it around the back and then just pinging balls out, you know, trying to find players. Uh, Jack Harrison did end up scoring in the second half, uh, got the ball in the back of net, chipping Allison, but it was unfortunately... It wasn't technically out, his uh, goal,
1: it was um, Alexander Arnold heading it into his own net. <laughs> just a bit more comedy from the game.
0: Yeah. But, uh, you know, a very good chip from Jack Harrison, really. And, uh, yeah, disappointed that it wasn't... Uh, that it uh, was ruled out, but it was ruled out correctly for offside, really. But yeah, did equalise for the third time on 66 minutes, uh, held a Costa here on the right, uh, finding Matausch click-free in the box, who took a great first touch and volleyed, volleyed the ball into the bottom left-hand corner. This was a this was a fantastic goal, a fantastic move, and a fantastic finish from Click.
1: Well, yeah, I want to talk about the, the build-up a bit for, first a bit more because it comes off. We make a kind of a long, you know, a long ball punted down their their right flank, our left flank, and it goes out for the throw-in, and they throw it back in. I think it's Cocker who wins the defensive header and uh, knocks it forward, and he, man- he manages to get it to Calvin Phillips. It's he, great strength and a great turn from him. To, to turn away from his man in midfield. Obviously he finds Click and Click knocks it out wide to Costa into a bit more space. And then um if you if you if you watch the movement it's perfect because um I don't know whether it's Curtis Jones I think it's Curtis Jones and Alden that are supposed to be keeping an eye on Click in midfield and he makes a brilliant run, and, and you can see him indicating to Costa while he's moving, he, uh, yeah. he makes a darting run through the midfield, uh, obviously Van, he leaves Van Dyke miles away from him, he, he makes a perfect run, and Costa spots him and finds him in the pass, and it's a it is a really, I mean, the touch is arguably better than the finish, the touch is <laughs> superb, yeah. and then obviously he blast it in the far corner, and that's 3-3, three, three. and you, uh, this was, yeah, it was a superb goal, but it all comes from their throws. it's great anticipation it's great strength it's working it into space and it's yeah. finding the gaps in their defence because they were at this point in the game they were leaving I think it was the 66th minutes in that big in that 20 minute window where we were at our best in the game We um, it's a brilliant pass from Costa as well because he, he finds him perfectly the pass is weighted well if anything yeah. there's slightly too much on it which means that the touch, the, the the quality of the touch from click is is uh, is required, but then it's a it's a it's a great great volley into the corner. Alisson kind of sees it late and can't really get across to it, and it's um and 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 then we kind of had him shell shocked for a bit. Obviously, yeah, they, they were getting their rhythm eventually, but we 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 were properly in the ascendancy at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, it was a really really good goal. I, I loved everything about this goal. Really, probably poor defending from Liverpool. You know, not attractive to to enough click, but you know, I liked everything. That about this goal everything you've said but there were two things that you didn't mention that i really like so first when click makes the run you can see tyler roberts making the run into that space as well so that's two players noticing you know loads of space in that in that box they both made the run but click ends up getting it first before tyler roberts does so i quite like that seeing tyler roberts make that run as well but also you mentioned that phillips laid off to click it wasn't phillips it was rodrigo yeah and I re- and i really like this so phillips uh, yeah, he looked like he'd won the ball really. Yeah, but it was a Liverpool player to, to his right hand side. And what Vigo's there in fun, what what Vigo does is is run to the ball, bars Phillips out of the way, and lays the ball off to Click. And, and I just love that, you know, an experienced player with, you know, with all the experience he has to go, all right, I'm taking charge here. I'm gonna lay this ball off to click and he can start a move here. Uh I, I thought that was fantastic. Because usually, you know, you wouldn't see Bamford doing that. Uh usually I think, you know, anyone else would have just all right, Phillips, you've got it do something with it. But Rodrigo, his experience head, was like, all right, I'm going to take charge here. And uh yeah, he did. He barged to come Phillips out of the way, laid the ball off to click and then click started the move. So I thought it was really good play from from Rodrigo here. Um And Rodrigo, what did you make of, of him on his debut? I, I, I didn't think it was too bad.
1: He had a bit of a mixed game. I thought... Um... I thought he did. He did some things very well, but I thought we had a bit more presence up top where, where when Bamford was on the pitch. I thought we were, we were we were finding Bamford more. I thought we didn't really see enough of Rodrigo on the ball. Yeah. A lot of his movement was good. A lot of his tracking was good. We didn't see enough of him on the ball. But I think by that point, by the time we went three-three, Liverpool were properly putting on pressure. Once it got to the, kind of the the late seventies you know, in the minutes, and up to the 80th minute onwards. They were they were kind of piling on the pressure at that point. So he didn't really get much service, but he did... Yeah, his movement, his, uh, his layoffs were good. We just need to see a bit more of him on the ball. I, d- I don't know whether he'll start for the game we're going to discuss shortly, the whole game in the Carabao Cup, whether or not he'll start there. But I'd love to see more of him on the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah. so would I. I thought his movement was great. As I say, the, the pick out, you know, in the third goal. But uh, yeah, we didn't really see that much of him on the ball, to be fair. So I can't really... Uh... Can't really uh you know say too much about Rodrigo's debut, to be honest. Uh Van Dijk thought you had made it four three to Liverpool uh, from a corner, uh, but it was ruled out for a challenge on uh, rock and robin. And uh yeah, I don't know about this, was it a foul, do you think, on on Robin? Or or, or do you think or do you think it wasn't? Do you think the goal should have stood? I
1: mean, this for me, I know obviously I'm gonna call biased again, but Curtis Jones literally grabs him and trips him up as he's running towards Van I think he must have I think he must have been um caught complaining about the first goal, you know, the, the first Van Dijk goal to the referee after they scored it. I think the referee was watching him, and yeah, Curtis Jones. Put, it's not like Mane, where Mane just runs past him in front of him to block him off. Curtis Jones actually grapples him, you know, grabs his arms, and then you know, and kind of shoves him over. So I think uh, the referee does spot that. I think the, the goal is is fairly disallowed. So yeah, it shouldn't should have stood for me. but you know, we, we had to be better at set pieces. We, we looked really vulnerable all night at set yeah. pieces, and. and you think out of everything that we, we could we could train to be better at set pieces are the most trainable thing. Um,
0: should we should so, we bring yeah. back Gianni Vio?
1: No, he's a <laughs> he's he's long gone for a reason. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: that 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 one free kick away at Burn Albion, <laughs> that, that, that was Gianni yeah. Vio's entire contribution. This, this goal uh, was. Um, it was fairly disallowed, I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Defending from set pieces has to get better. Uh, it really, really does. Uh, but yeah, Liverpool did make it four three on eighty eight minutes. Uh, Marcela completed his hat trick, tucking away a penalty after Rodrigo brought down Fabinho in the box. And no argument against this, really. It was a definite foul from Rodrigo. A typical striker's challenge, really. So, uh, yeah, nothing to complain about here. And, uh, yeah, Liverpool ended up uh, winning 4-3 at this because I did feel as though, you know, Leeds United did really deserve a point, to be honest. Uh, but what a game of football. It had everything. Mo Salah hat-trick, uh, you know, a few mistakes and, and plenty of goals, seven goals. So, yeah, it was just a fantastic game, really. Thrilling game to watch. You know, for newly promoted Leeds United to go away to the reigning champions, Liverpool, and put in a performance like that was was just really, really special. And as I say, the players did us so, so proud. Uh, The game drew 2.5 million viewer average um, on the day. Uh, It peaked at 3 million viewers, uh, beating every game from last season, which is incredible. (laughs) It just shows you know how big of a club league united actually are and how many people really want to watch league united doesn't it
1: yeah it was also the most i think it's the most watched ever football game in america you know the usa i, really? I think it's the most watched ever game
0: incredible ever there.
1: i mean it was it was absolutely it was very entertaining it was it was, it was box office and uh, with the way the both teams are going at each other for the neutral it must be a spectacular watch so uh yeah it was spectacular watch for me i, I was invested in it as yeah. you so um yeah, it was, it was it was wildly entertaining. I kind of I hope we're on the right side of a few of them results this season. Though,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it feels weird, doesn't it? You know, we, we lost the game four three. Usually, you should be disappointed, but I was I was just in awe of what I saw. Leeds United were just really, really incredible. And, uh, yeah, it was a really, really weird feeling because on the Sunday, usually the day after a loss, I'm absolutely fuming, but I really wasn't here. I really wasn't. I really, you know, wasn't too bothered that we lost. It was disappointing on the day, but, you know, in reality, you know, you expect us to lose the pool, but it was just a thrilling game of football to watch. So, yeah, can't really complain too much. Uh, The table is pretty irrelevant right now, but uh, Leeds United are 13th after playing one game. Now, Charles, we predicted a mid-table finish for Leeds in, uh, in the uh, last podcast. Uh, but after that game, uh, have you changed your mind? Do you think Leeds United will now finish in the top half or maybe even top six after that?
1: No, I, th- I think that's uh, it's wishful thinking. <laughs> I- I'm going to stand by my, uh, my mid-table prediction. I, I-, I-, I can't see us finishing that high. I think... Uh... It may be higher in the mid-table than I expected it to be. It might be, you know, 10th to 13th rather than 13th to 15th. I'll concede it may be a higher mid-table finish, but I'm I'm still expecting us to finish no higher than mid-table. I think there's a lot of very quality players and very quality sides who are more established at this level. And I think it would be a bit naive and fanciful to think that we're going to finish any higher than, you know, mid-table.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to say it on record now. Leeds United are getting top 10. Leeds United are finishing in the top half. I'm going to say it on record now. I'm going to stick by it. Leeds United are finishing in the top half this season, 100%.
1: I would like to put on record that I'm very happy to be to be made a mug in this uh, <laughs> If we record a podcast at the end of the season and we finish where Ed's putting us to finish, I'm very happy to be made a, to look like a mug right now for my team to finish <laughs> in the top ten. I just I can't quite see it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just still in awe. I mean, what a start. What a start to the season. <laughs> Well, let's now have a look at how the Leeds United Under-23s have done this week. Uh, they started their PL2 campaign away at Stoke City on Monday night. The game was streamed live on Stoke City's YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty poor stream, really. There was no commentary or anything. It was literally just a match. Um, and it appeared as though Stoke City could not afford floodlights either. It was so, so dark, you could not see the game. Uh, did, did, did you watch it?
1: I didn't know. I'll, I'll concede. I didn't. I didn't watch it. And uh, yeah. by the sounds of it, I was one of the lucky ones because we ended up losing four nil, didn't we? It was a, <laughs> It was a. Apparently, we played quite well. It was just the fact that we had no defenders. Play, you can't play a game of, with a back four of entirely full-backs. It doesn't work. Yeah. You need centre halves. It's it's a crucial position in the team. There's a reason <laughs> people always play with centre halves. Yeah. So, yeah, and once again, conceding off a corner and off a penalty, what the first team do appears to be dripping down into the twenty threes, <laughs> conceding craps at pieces. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not too worried about it, though, because um, I think Mark Jackson has just taken over the uh, under-23s yeah, yeah, yeah. head coach role in the last couple of days, so uh, I'm sure he'll be getting used to the because he's just made the jump up from the under-18s, so... I'm sure he'll be getting them playing a good uh, in a decent way. Fair play to him on the promotion. He, he did well with under-18s, brought under a few a few good names, and oh, he'll have that um, that new Dutch lad we're getting in from. Is it we getting from Feinard? What's his Fienjord, name?
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get on, we'll get onto all that later in the show. But um, yeah, yeah. mac Jackson, you know, fully deserved with with that promotion. Hopefully, you know, it does turn uh, their fortunes around. But you know, it's a, it's a new. New league, uh, entirely new level for the uh, for the youth team in the uh, PL2. So, I wasn't really expecting us to do great in, in the first few games. But, I mean, yeah, to lose 4-0 was was pretty poor. Uh, but, yeah, not a great start to life in uh, PL2 for the UN23s. Can you see us improving? I mean, I, I think we certainly do need a centre-back because the back four consisted of two right-backs, a centre midfielder and a winger. So, we, we need some centre-backs in for the UN23s, I think.
1: Yeah, well, they're trying to sign that... Um... Gavardio, aren't they from the, from um, from Danny So he, he, the 18-year-old uh, Croatian centre-half. So he might be the addition they're looking for. You're a very expensive addition because I think they're wanting about 17, 18 million quid for him. But yeah, he'll be, he will be—he might be the answer to the problems. Uh, and, uh,
0: yeah, the An £18 23's signing for the under-23s. <laughs> Incredible, eh? <laughs> Unreal.
1: How, 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 how quickly things change.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's unreal. But uh, yeah, not a great start to life in the PL2 for the Leeds United under-23s. Hopefully they uh, do improve. We will be keeping a close eye on them throughout the whole season. Let's now have a look at some news and we'll start with uh, some transfer news. And uh, Phil Hay of The Athletic is reporting uh, that we should see 18-year-old Feyenoord winger Crescentio Somerville through the door at Leeds United later this week. Uh, He would be another academy addition. Uh, He is very highly rated over in Holland. The Dutch forward spent last season on loan at Eredivisie side Den Haag. Uh, where he made 22 appearances in total and scored two goals and got one assist. Um, And the season before that, he was on loan at Dordrecht, uh, where he scored five goals and got one assist in 18 games. Uh, Another academy edition. Again, good to see the club uh, strengthening for the future, Charles.
1: Yeah, I think they're invested in youth players. I think the plan is to send um, the likes of Jordan Stevens on loan. I think Robbie Gotts is going on loan as well, so I think they'll be bringing in a couple of new attacking options and maybe another midfield player as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see we're investing so much in the youth team because eventually they will, we will churn out some some properly um, classed talent from the uh, from the youth teams that will, can, can make the jump, as we've seen with the likes of Streak and the likes of Shackleton.
0: Yeah, yeah, and more forwards as well for these teams, which is uh, just what they need. <laughs> uh, Leeds have been dealt with a major blow, though, in their pursuit for 18-year-old Din- Dinamo Zagreb defender Josko Gar- Gardial. I think that's how you pronounce it. No, I ain't got a clue. So we'll call him Josko, shall we? Uh, but yeah, it's reported that Zagreb did accept a bid from Leeds United, but the player has turned down a move to the Premier League because he wants to further develop at Zagreb. So it looks like the deal is off. Uh, unfortunately. Now, I didn't really know too much about this guy. I I must say, you know, he doesn't have great stats and, you know, he certainly wasn't a signing that you know really excited me. So I must say, you know, I I wouldn't be too disappointed if he doesn't come to Leeds. Uh, Charles, what what are your thoughts on this?
1: I thought it was a lot of money to spend on um, a centre-half that is not established. So I thought, yeah, I'm not too disheartened about this. And if it frees more money up for signing the likes of uh, Rodrigo de Paul, then I'm uh, I'm I'm open to 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 not signing him because I think that streak is enough is good enough to be you know a backup centre half. Um, yeah. And once Liam Cooper comes back from injury, we'll be up to three. And I think that's probably the amount that BLs will want. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not too disheartened by this.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I must say I think that we do need another centre back as a backup centre back. I really really do. I think get someone like uh, Axel Toonzerebe from Manchester United on loan for the season. I think just someone like that, just bring him in on loan. Uh, as another backup that's just my personal opinion and he can play for the 23s point. as well which I think is good I agree with you I think splashing 18 million pound or so on uh, you know an 18 year old player who you know is unproven at a high level I think it you know it would be a, a bit silly to be fair so yeah I, I agree with you and but but I do I do think that we do need another center back in though I, I would say that
1: the problem is that you only get two loan slots in the Premier League. And one of ours is already taken up by Jack Harrison. And I also think it'll be very unlikely that Manchester United will want to send Twanzabi on loan to Leeds for him to not play every game and yeah. with amount of money we've spent on Robin Cock and the fact that the other centre-half we have is our captain of the football club, he's not likely to, to make that jump So I agree with you, what you're saying in principle, maybe maybe we should get another one in, but I'm, I'm fairly happy to have Shriek as a backup player. I think it'll probably be okay. I think he'll, he might need a few more games in that position, which he can hopefully get through um, if we make enough progression in the Cups. I'd be well up for I think he will probably start tomorrow. Uh, on Wednesday against Hull um streak. So I think he will get a bit more experience in that
0: in that role. Yeah, I think this is just me thinking about the N twenty threes and the fact that they need centre backs after that after that four 0 defeat. Yeah, I think that's just me thinking about the N twenty threes to be honest. They they do need centre backs, so I do want another centre back in. Uh but no I, I agree. It wouldn't be too disheartened if you know we didn't end up getting a Ended up getting this uh, young man, uh, I, I think, splashing £18 million pound or so on an unproven player. Yeah, that would be a bit silly. So, would it be too disheartened? But, you know, as I say, it would be nice to happen. And I must say, there are reports saying that the deal could still happen. So, uh, we'll need to wait and uh, see on that one. Um, a deal that does look uh, like it will uh, definitely happen. Uh, there was uh, Rodrigo De Paul to Leeds United. Uh, Leeds have been linked with De Paul all summer, really. Um, And he does look a good player. He's a 26-year-old attacking midfielder from Argentina. Uh, He's played six times for the Argentina national team. Um, He's currently at Italian top flight side, uh, Udinese. Uh, He's been there since 2016. Uh, Before that, he was at Valencia for uh, two years where he made 43 appearances and scored one goal. And he was there while Rodrigo was there as well. So... uh, yeah, looks like they they could be a, a good partnership. Uh, but during the four years he's been at Udinese, uh, he's made one hundred and forty-three appearances, scoring twenty-four goals and getting twenty-two assists. Uh, last season, he made uh, thirty-four appearances, scoring seven goals and getting six assists. And he's got ridiculous in-game stats as well. Uh, he, he certainly would be, you know, a, a good player to have. He, he's had the like, you know, he's had the likes of Juventus. Uh, looking at him this summer, but Leeds seem to be the front runners somehow. So, um, see so yeah, what, what 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 signing this would be? Chelsea so yeah, get would we go to Paul? What signing it would be?
1: Yeah, I mean on Monday night of this week, he, he indicated that he was hoping that the two clubs can be uh, can come to an agreement. I think the problem is is that Udinese want thirty five to forty million euros, and uh, I think Le- Leeds are not willing to offer much more than kind of twenty five to thirty million euros plus a few add-ons. So um, yeah, there's, there's there's a bit of a disagreement in the in the valuation there. And I think it's because um, Rodgers has been interviewed recently saying we need two more players and the budget we've got is forty to fifty million for those players. So I think he's trying to get Depaul in for twenty five plus a few add-ons plus another twenty five million pound player. So I think, but I think he's he's the kind of player that if we were going to sign him, it would he would be our final signing of the window. I do think it would be a fantastic sign. you're right, and he's got good good in-game stats and is um he's involved in a lot of uh, he's probably one of the best central midfield players in the in the Serie really. A. Especially when you're playing for a team like Udinese, which you are about as big as Watford, um, <laughs> so that they're not they're not expected to compete at the you know the highest levels in the Syria. But he's always highly involved in chance creation and, and build ups and a lot of key passes and things. So he, he's really really quality player. What my opinion? I think we should just pay the money. I think he's good enough. I think he'll suit the system. I think he's exactly what we're looking for, um, and he will be yeah. hopefully uh, able to you know. Replace Pablo Hernandez and in the lineup once Pablo can no longer play because I thought Pablo was fairly ineffective against Liverpool. I'm not sure whether that was just because the quality of the opposition or whether like, he just couldn't really get involved as much. Sometimes Pablo has has those types of games, but it is also he's down to fatigue as well because Pablo can't play every game this season. So I, I personally would would just stump up the extra seven or eight million euros, whatever it's going to cost, and um, from yeah. what we've offered and and, and sign him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the ball would be a quality quality signing and Radvezani just needs to needs to get the money out of his pocket really and just be it because I think it would be an unreal signing and the Argentina international how many times can you say you've got an Argentina international in your side you know so it would be an incredible signing and we do need him as well you know we don't really have much competition for that number 10 role really uh, where he does play attack in midfield you know I think would suit the system perfectly I mean yeah as I say we don't have much competition Pablo Hernandez is there but he's 35 years old probably needs you know Either backup or someone just to you know take over him in the starting eleven. And Pablo can sit on the bench because yeah, I agree with you. He was pretty ineffective really against Liverpool. Didn't really see him too many times during that game. So yeah, I think De Paul, you know, is definitely a player who we need in that position. And I think it would be a quality signing. And Leeds United just do need to get money out on her and pay. Imagine we were hinting at earlier, uh, De Paul. He has been very active on social media. Um, the move has uh, really picked up pace over the last few. Uh, weeks as the Paul has liked a few Leeds United related tweets, um, but then unliked him as well, which is quite unusual. And then he's put uh, little Legion United uh, related things in his Instagram stories as well. So you know he's he's teasing the move himself. Is the Paul? He really, really is uh, teasing the move. To be fair, uh, but what got a lot of people very excited uh, was what happened on Monday evening. So the Square Ball um, have been tweeting to Paul every day and night, really, uh, saying, "I hope you're doing good, and ho- and I hope we we'll see you in Leeds soon." Uh, hoping that you know the would uh, reply, um, and he did so. The square ball on Monday night tweeted, uh, Apparently, DePaul is keen on the move, but uh, and now rest with the clubs. And uh, replied, Yes, um, and since then, the De has deleted the tweet and he has uh, deactivated his Twitter account. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but um, yeah, it, it looks like the move you know will almost certainly happen, it, but you know, it, it is only if Leeds United do. Give Udinese what they want, and uh, it is reported to be around thirty-five to forty million pounds. Um And yeah, Charles Leeds just need to give give Udinese the money, don't they?
1: Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. The price is the price at the end of the day, they're not going to sell for below what they want to sell him for. So I think with the how crucial Sandy could be and how good he could be, I think we just need to pay the money.
0: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and it looks like the Paul wants to come to Leeds, probably the Bielsa factor, really. And I like that, you know, I want players who want to play for Leeds and the poll seems like he does want to come to Leeds. So, no, I, I do quite like that. I do quite like that. However, though, do do we really want a player who, you know, during transfer speculation, you know, likes tweets and unlikes tweets? Do we really want that?
1: Uh, I think, well, I mean, what happened with Ben Rama earlier in the window, wasn't it? he? Did that, that kind of ridiculous montage video with, you know, drones and, <laughs> Getting his hair cut and all and showing off his house and stuff. And part of the league's hierarchy, according to Phil Hay, at least, were very not, we're really not, you know, in favour of that kind of thing. But I think it's just, um, I think Udinese have resigned to selling him. I think they're just choosing who they're going to sell him to. So uh, they've not included him in the last few squads. It, this this happens at the top level with players. Like, I remember, you know, when Charlie Taylor left, he didn't he um he, he didn't play in the last couple of games of the season in of the Monk season because he, he wanted to leave and he didn't want to get injured. So it, it does happen with players. Chris Wood, he didn't play. Is it Sunderland away? He didn't play when we were selling yeah. him. So players do do this. So it's it's it's, it's the, unfortunately it's, it's the modern game, isn't it? It's, it's, it's what happens. Yeah, I can't say I'm hugely fond of players being on social media in general. I think it's a mistake. I think it, I, I think it has very few positive impacts. And I think there's a lot of a lot of downsides a lot of negativity which can sometimes get to players that so if I was if I was a professional footballer, I don't think I'd be on social media because I think you just get too much stick and I think you no matter how good you are and strong you are mentally if you're taking horrible stick and abuse most days then it, it does get to you yeah so um yeah I'm not sure how I feel about active players on social media but he, he's a good player and this is just how players are these days so I don't it wouldn't you know completely put me off signing him
0: yeah I must say, before all this, you know, when he when he was just liking and unliking tweets, I, I really did think it was just his agent going, "Oh, go on, like like a few of these tweets, get everyone talking, and we'll get a few bids up." But uh, no, it does see, you know, it does seem like the Paul does want to come to Leeds, and it literally is down to Leeds United, you know, whether whether they'll spend the money. So, yeah, hopefully that does happen. The Paul certainly would be a would be an exciting signing. So hopefully Leeds United can get that one over the line. Um, in other news, uh, Mark Jackson has been named uh, the new League United Under-23s head coach, as we were uh, discussing earlier. Uh, he was previously the uh, Under-18s head coach. Uh, so, yeah, great to see the club uh, awarding coaches who uh, who are already at the club, you know, the other club and uh, giving their promotions. It's uh, really good to see. Yeah,
1: we, 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 kind of, we kind of mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Kind of, uh, it's what Liverpool used to do for years throughout the uh, the seventies and eighties and early nineties. They just used to promote from within the club, from their own coaches, and they used to obviously win. You know, the likes of Bill Shanklin and, uh, and Paisley as well. Uh, they promoted these these people f- from within the club themselves, and they were very successful. and so I think it can be successful, even in the modern game. Yeah. I think uh, we'll see how work Carlos Corbera at Huddersfield. I think uh, promoting from within coaches and giving people chances is better than just bringing in complete unknown sometimes although saying that we are managed by (laughs) Bielsa who was to most of us at least a complete unknown so it can work but you also for every Bielsa you get a uh, a darker Milanich. so in (laughs) fact there's probably three darker Milaniches for every Bielsa in this world so it, 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 it it can work sometimes from within
0: yeah yeah and uh yeah, I think it's very good. You know, very good to see. You know, Leeds United promoting Mark Jackson. You know, Mark Jackson has done a fantastic job with the under eighteen. So yeah, I'm very very pleased for him. So many congratulations, um, and good luck to Mark Jackson, uh, the new head coach of the Leeds United under twenty threes. Um, in other news, take us home. Leeds United returns to Amazon Prime uh, Video this Thursday, uh, the seventeenth of September, uh, just for two 45-minute episodes. In this second series, uh, which covers the twenty nineteen twenty season, um, and I'm quite looking forward to this. I- are you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd prefer if it was longer than two episodes, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing, as, uh, seeing the two episodes, and it'd be a lot more entertaining. The last couple of episodes of the last season, which put it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to be a going to be a happy ending. Uh, I'm certainly going to enjoy watching this. Um, I am surprised, though, that it is only two forty-five 45-minutes episodes. I thought it would be a bit longer. But, you know, t- to be honest, you know, I-, I covered a few press conferences last season. I never started the season. I always saw them. But then, you know, as the season progressed... Uh, they were never really there. So, um, yeah, I think they stopped filming at one point, really, and gave up on it. But, you know, they, they started again. And obviously, due to the pandemic, they wouldn't have done as many talking heads with Legion United fans. So, um, yeah, probably not as much footage this time around. But, you know, I am still surprised that it is only two episodes. But two 45-minute episodes, easy to watch, get it over and done within two hours. Yeah, it'll be a fun watch. I'm, uh, I'm very looking forward to this. It uh, should, uh, should be very good. The first series was excellent. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to the... Uh, to the second series. Um, elsewhere, this is uh, quite old news, really, but we haven't discussed it on the podcast, so we'll discuss it here. Uh, Mateusz Click uh, has been busy uh, uh, spray painting outside of the uh, ground. Uh, the other week, uh, he uh, spray painted an awesome champion's design on a wall outside the northeast corner. Um, it looks absolutely awesome. Click uh, is a man of many talents, it seems.
1: Yeah, well, I, I knew about this because um, he mentioned it in an interview on the Athletic with um, with Phil Hayes. He's very much a fan of uh, Polish rap and Polish street art. So yeah, it didn't surprise me that he'd done something like this when I, when I was told. But yeah, it was uh, it's fantastic to see. I'm, I'm loving the the amount of street art that's going on in Leeds at the moment uh, in reference to Leeds United, obviously. There's a new Bielsa one at Hyde Park Corner. If you've not seen that, you should go see it. It's not far from where my house is. It's is ridiculously good. And um, yeah, I've really been enjoying it. And uh, i think we have to credit uh, for a friend of the podcast, Andy McVeigh, for popularising the United Street art. And uh,
0: Yeah, he did a really good one recently. Uh, a big uh Bielsa mural on the side of a on the side of a Nasda over in uh, Armley, which is uh, quite near me. Um, yeah, that that's a fantastic design. If you live, you know, around Armley and Newfoundland, Wortley and then definitely go up and uh, go up and see that. Uh, it's a fantastic designer. Yeah. Big shout out to Andy McVay, also known as the Bailey Banks. So uh, you know, I, th- I think probably, you know, starting all the Leech Street art, it's really, uh, really picked up. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic seeing with hash click design and stuff. He's always liked graffiti, he said. So um, yeah, happy to see the club, you know, allowing click to do this really. I, I thought it's really good. And uh, yeah, if you get a chance to go down town the road and, and see the, uh, see the design, do it. It is a very, very uh, good design um also down at ellen road uh, the first part of the uh, centenary square outside of the uh, centenary pavilion has uh, been completed uh, so if you have a break down there check your emails and uh, you will know uh, exactly where it is and where to find it uh, mine is down there um, and it looks really really good i, I really like the look of a uh, centenary square I-, I highly recommend anyone going down to ground to have a look it really really does look impressive does uh centenary square Um, And finally, uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Ed underscore McIntyre, make sure you go follow. But yeah, if you already follow me, uh, you would have seen that uh, we've won an award recently. Uh, So as some of you may know, I studied uh, sports journalism for three years at Leeds Trinity University. Um, And for one of the modules in third year, uh, this whole brand, I guess you could say all things leads, counted towards it. Um, And a few weeks ago, I got a lovely email Uh, which said that I had won the Yorkshire Evening Post Prize for Local Digital Journalism Excellence. Uh, Only five were assessed by a judging panel, and mine won, which is uh, unbelievable. I had no idea this was happening, so it was a real, real shock. And, uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Really, really happy uh, with all this. Um, Alex Evans, head of uh, Live and Trending for Yorkshire Post Newspapers, uh, said of my work, Ed's submission showed a lot of creativity and hard graft. He put together the most content-rich website of the lot, populated with a well-sourced, smartly edited video in a neatly designed site with a good UI. Uh, There are more than 70 episodes of his podcast and some impressive interviewees, uh, as well as the video and podcast content Ed showed off his sports writing talents with pieces such as the interview with the Billy Banksy. And chats with former players alongside match previews and transfer news. The site is engaging and highly relevant to our local audience, and it also makes good use of social media, integrating a YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The price was uh, judged uh, based on the following criteria, local relevance, interesting content, engagement hook, and aesthetic Um, And I will receive a certificate for this prize and uh, have the uh, achievement covered by the YUP and get a week's remote work experience at the YUP, which I'm uh, very much looking forward to. Uh, And yeah, absolutely awesome with this. I had no idea, as I say, that this was happening. I'm really, really happy with this. Of course, I wouldn't have been able to win this, you know, without everyone who's been on the podcast, who I've been able to interview you, Charles, wouldn't have been able to do it without you. Of course, you know, you've know you been on the podcast with me from the very start. So thank you very much for, for being well with me. Man. I wouldn't have been able to, to do it without you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so everyone who you know has been on the podcast, who have interviewed, you know, who's helped writing, Johnny Chick, big shout out to him, the uh, writer yeah. and All Things Leads, and he's done a few videos as well. And yeah, Charles as well, big thank you to you, the co-host of the All Things Leads podcast. Would not have been able to uh, win this award uh, without you. So yeah, for, from me to everyone else, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, let's now look ahead to Leeds United's next two games. Uh, the first is taking place on Wednesday night uh, against League One side Hull City at Ellen Road in round two of the Carabao Cup. Um, Charles, are you expecting uh, many changes for this game?
1: Uh, Biels has made changes for the Cup in the past, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, strokes start. The stream will almost definitely start due to the. Uh... Liam Cooper probably not be recovered from his dire injury. Jamie Shackleton will probably start. I I anticipate Rodrigo will probably start. Yeah, Barry Douglas will probably start. So yeah, I think there'll be quite a few changes um, yeah. in the team. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And <laughs> whether or not um, Matthias Click will be starting or the Phillips, I don't know. For, uh, Ian Povedra, I think he he will start as well. So uh, I'm 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 looking forward to this. Uh, I I really do want to beat Hull because. As funny as it is them being in League One. Um I was I was in, a bit gutted about this cup draw because I was looking forward to not playing home for a very long time. And that has all has already been ruined. So yeah, I just wanna get I just wanna get this game out of the way and knock them out of the cup. They're not really good for a reason. They came bottom of the championship last season, weekend we finished top of the championship. They employed Matthew Pennington. Um they're, they're just awful.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it because our second team is going to absolutely batter Hull City. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I, I am expecting uh, quite a lot of changes. You know, Kiko here will probably start. Uh, Possibly, Jim Shapton yeah. in for click, I think. Uh, Paveda will probably start. Rodrigo will probably start, which which will be insane, against a uh, League One side Hull City. Um, and someone pointed out as well that uh, Cresswell and uh, Casey may feature as they did not play for rune 23 on Monday night. So Cresswell and Casey may feature, which will be really good. Cresswell, I'm, I'm very, very impressed with. Uh, we were impressed with him in that uh, Man United game uh, a Youth Cup in yeah, the Under-18s a uh, few months ago. Yeah, very, very good was Cresswell. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think there will be, you know, a few changes. Still some first-teamers in there, but uh, yeah, I'm expecting, you know, a few changes. But, uh, you know, Bielsa, he does respect the competition. He may want a cup run, Uh, Do you want a cut run, Charles? Uh, I mean, I I think it would be nice to have a cut run, but the priority probably is just to stay in the Premier League, to be fair.
1: Yeah, I mean, the games are, there's not as many games this year, but due to the the fact that this has been a late start of the season, the the games have, starting more compressed so I always I always enjoy a cup run. I don't enjoy being knocked out of competitions. Uh, but it's, especially the Carabao Cup is not it's not a big thing to me. I don't I'm not going to be devastated but if we get on top. But um especially good even if we beat Hull, we've already had the, the second second round draw has been completed and we'll be facing either West Ham or Charlton. More than likely, it will be West Ham. So we'll will play twice in the league anyway. So we're not playing a. It's not like we're, we're waiting on playing, you know, like an Arsenal or a Liverpool or a Man City in the second in the in the next round. Even if we beat Hull, and I'm, I'm including the word "if" there because I'm, I'm obviously I'm not, I'm not deluded. It's, it's still going to be a game of football, and there's still yeah. going to be corners. So we, we so we could still concede some goals. But yeah, I'm not entirely thrilled about this game uh, or about you know seeing the word Hull to be honest. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to, I just want to get past it and, and not play them anymore. The whole point yeah. of getting promoted out of the championship was to not play Wickham or Hull or or Charlton or <laughs> or press the North End again. I don't, I don't want to play any of these. People.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nah, I, I probably agree. Um, but you know, we should win, shouldn't we? Really, you know, Grant McCann's Hull City, dreadful team, of course, finished rock bottom of the championship last season, where we finished top. Uh, Hull are now playing in League One. Uh, they did beat Chillingham 2-0, away uh, away in their opening league fixture of the season. But, you know, we should really beat them. You know, we're, we're two leagues above them now, two leagues above Hull City now. So, uh, yeah, it, it probably would be a bit embarrassing to lose against these, really. So, uh, yeah, we should probably beat them, to be honest. And uh, now Leeds have a great record against Hull. Uh, one loss in the last eight games with uh, against them, uh, five wins and two draws. Uh, we, of course, did a double over Hull City last season, winning 2-0 at home and 4-0 away from home. Uh, so, what's your score prediction here, Charles? What's your score prediction? Two-one leads. I'm going to go 2 0 leads. I think. Well, I think I'm hoping we keep a clean sheet. Uh, yeah, 2 0 leads. We we, sh- we should win, really. Uh, let's now look ahead to uh, this weekend's game, uh, which is at home uh, to Fulham in the Premier League. Um, and you know, I, I know it's probably crazy saying this as we're only two games in, but this is a must-win, isn't it?
1: if we are going to stay in the league and I, that, has to, that has to be the main goal until we've until we've secured you know safety from relegation then we can figure out then we can focus on you know finishing as high as possible uh, then we have to beat the teams that you know will likely be, be down around us which will be a, your games against Fulham, your West Ham's, your, your West Brom's, your Aston Villa's, you need to be winning those games. So they got battered 3-0 the weekend by Arsenal, with Arsenal kind of in second gear really. Uh, we slapped them 3-0 last time when we played them at Elm Road, so I would agree it's a must win. Yeah, we, do, we, need, we, need to, we need to get some points on the board and this is a fantastic opportunity to do it because we're playing Wolves and Sheffield United and Man City very shortly which yeah. are all going to be very, very tough games. So, you need to win your winnable games and then try and nick points from your less winnable games. So, this is yeah. a very winnable game. So, I think we have to get three points from this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I, I do think it's a definite must-win, you know. The reality is, you know, we are a newly promoted side. You know, we, we probably will be down there fighting for survival. So, we do need all the points we can get. And, uh, yeah, teams like Fulham have the teams that we're competing against to to stay up, really. So, yeah, we, we do need to beat these kind of teams, really. I, I would say that it is a must-win on Saturday. Uh, now, Scott Parker's Fulham. Uh, they have a decent side, but they did get off to a poor start in the league, losing 3-0 at home to Arsenal uh, at the weekend. So, yeah, it, it should be interesting. Uh, Fulham will be, you know, wearing to go and, and wanting to bounce back from that, you know, really poor defeat. But um, I'm quite confident after that Liverpool game now. I am quite confident <laughs> after that. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll need to wait to see. But I, I would definitely say it is a it is a must win. Uh, the team for you would do you think it'll be uh, an unchanged lineup from that Liverpool game?
1: I would hope that given the minor nature of Liam Cooper's thigh strain that he would be able he'll be fit enough to start against Fulham but otherwise I would keep things very much the same. I thought the team performed well. Uh, yeah, I, ca- I can't see any reason to change this.
0: Yeah, 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 I a 100% agree. I thought Leech were fantastic against, against Liverpool so um so yeah, I, I'd probably expect an unchanged lineup unless Liam Cooper's fit, and then he would, of course, go in. And Now, Leeds have a decent record against uh, Fulham. uh, Just two losses in eight uh, with five draws and uh, the one win. Uh, We, of course, beat them 3-0 at home last season. Uh, That was, of course, after the lockdown as well uh, in the restart. So, uh, yeah, we've already beaten Fulham in the restart. We beat them a few months ago. So, uh, what's your score prediction for this game? Do you think think we'll win this?
1: Yeah, I've got a feeling we will win this one. Probably
0: 2-0. 2-0. I'm going to go the same scorers last season 3-0 I'm confident about this I reckon we'll uh, I reckon we'll do them again yeah 3-0 to Leeds United I'm going to go for hopefully Leeds United can pick up all three points uh, on Saturday well that brings us to the end of episode 74 of the All Things Leeds podcast Uh, thank you very much as always to Charles for joining me
1: thanks for having me on there
0: and uh, thank you as well to everyone who has watched or listened we uh, really do uh, appreciate it if you enjoyed then why not subscribe or follow the podcast give us a 5 star rating on apple podcast uh, share the podcast around as well it really does help us out and we really do appreciate it uh, make sure to follow all things leads on social media we are on facebook twitter and instagram search poor things leads one on twitter and instagram search poor things leads on facebook search all things leads on youtube as well to subscribe to the youtube channel uh charles and i will be back next week so for now take care stay healthy stay safe and we will see you later bye <music>